All right, well. Good job. Welcome. Welcome. You can go ahead and uh, have a seat. That's what that sound means. You can return to your seat. Uh, yeah, my name's, uh, my name's John, and I was, uh, as Sean was talking a, a, a little bit earlier to you today, this is a little bit of a, a transition uh, morning. It's a little bit of a different uh, week. It's going to have more of a workshop like feel to it than a normal message. So there's going to be, uh, I always try to have some participation. There's going to be way more than, than normal today. So uh, if you like that, you're going to live the dream this morning. Uh, so we are, uh, the last few weeks we were talking about soul cravings. And we've had this series called Soul Cravings where we've been talking about the different ways that we relate to Jesus uh, how he how he uh, meets some of our deepest needs relationally, and we talked about um, how he's the bread of life. We talked about uh, how we're the vine connected with uh, with the branches. We talked about how he's the shepherd and we're the sheep. Uh, and so we have all of these different soul cravings, and Jesus meets our deepest needs through a relationship with him. And next week we're going to kick off a summer series called Revolve, where we're going to be uh, reading through the book of Colossians together. And so today, what our goal is for today is to, to take a deep breath and to look forward towards the summer and to begin to ask God, what does he want to say to us? What decisions does he want us to make for this next season? What things does he want us to adjust in our lives? What things does he want us to, to change or to do differently? What things does he want us to uh, add to our schedule? What things does he want us to remove uh, from our schedule. And so that's what we're, we're doing today. And so I want to invite you to pull out your outline because it's going to be probably more essential than ever that you have that with you. You're going to be really bored uh, a lot of this morning without that outline. So I want to encourage you to pull that out. And I want to ask a question to get us started uh, and have you participate. It's at the top of your outline there. It's what will your summer look like? As you look at this, at the, let's say the next three months, okay, from now until the end of August-ish. Um, Give me a word or two that describes what you anticipate summer is going to look like for you. Fun time. Okay. All right. Hot. Okay. Swimming pool. Entertaining my kids. Three words. Doesn't count. Busy. Okay. What else? Cookouts. Picnics. Wow, that was... Nice. Anything else? That's good enough. How about that? So what our, our message today is called Creating Sabbath Space this summer. And some of the members of our communication teams, we, act, uh, we actually have a graphic. Some members of our communication team that are way more creative than I am, they came up with uh, this, uh, this graphic for today. And if you can read the, the, the Sabbath space in the middle... That's actually a bunch of different, it's called a Wordle. How many of you are familiar with Wordles? Okay. Try, you can create your own Wordle online sometime. You take something and you uh, like submit it and then it, it, it's pretty cool. Anyhow, so they created this Wordle with a whole bunch of different words. Uh, some of them you guys mentioned, there's words like busy, rest, relax, restore, hectic, frenzied, chaotic. Uh, I can't even read them from here, so I don't know how you're going to, packed. Uh, refreshing, that kind of thing. Yeah, so there's, there's lots of different words, uh, word pictures that we, we, uh, we, when we think about our summer. And most of us desire, when we get into this season, most of us want this season to be a chance to finally take a deep breath and to slow down. 
Right? That's, a lot of times that's what we feel when we get to this. And we may not be able to always achieve that to the level that we'd like, but it's a pretty typical goal. It's something that we, that we hunger for, but we, a lot of times we don't know how to get there. Uh, we can't figure out how, we aren't sure what steps to take, or we feel like, you know what, I'm just, it's not even worth shooting for because I can't, I can't do it. My season of life that I'm in, whatever, I just, there's just no way I can get any real rest or refreshment for my, souls, for my soul. And so part of that is because of some of the cultural values that we have, right? We're, we are a uh, more culture, right? We want more accomplishment, more experiences, more money, more efficiency. And so we, we constantly are in the, in the process of adding things to our, our to-do list. Uh, and then when we finally do have some time, some space to maybe have some quiet or some rest that we need, we either feel guilty that we're wasting time or we just, we just fill that time with something to distract us in some way or another. And um, There's one author that puts it this way. He says that our overproducing becomes counterproductive when we live that way. Our overproducing becomes counterproductive. And so our goal this morning is to look at some scripture and spend some time asking God to speak to us about the summer that's ahead, to take some intentional time to hear from him and to actually begin to carve out a little bit of a plan uh, for embracing some of this Sabbath space or some rest that our souls so desperately need. So uh, as we dive into the outline, let me uh, open us in a word of prayer. God, we thank you uh, that you walk with us. We thank you that you offer us um, rest for our souls. And as we enter into this uh, season, um, pray that we would uh, become more attentive maybe than ever before uh, to what you're inviting us to and to what you're calling us to, that we would carve out time to hear your voice and experience uh, the rest that you desire for us. Pray that you would speak to us this morning, uh, that you would guide uh, each of us as we start to carve out a little bit of a plan for what that uh, looks like in our lives. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So the passage uh, in your outline that's going to frame our discussion today comes from, uh, from Jeremiah, Jeremiah 6.16. And it says this, it says, This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. Now there are uh, a few key, uh, key words in that passage that are going to frame our discussion that give us a way to start to think about creating Sabbath space. Uh, the words are, and you can underline these, the words are stand, look, ask, and walk. Stand, look, ask, and walk. And the result of those things is, as, as Jeremiah says, finding rest for our souls. The first blank there in your outline is this, is that you can create Sabbath space this summer when you, number one, stand, when you stand. What we mean by standing is we're talking about getting your head and shoulders above the crowd or above the fray, seeing things from a higher perspective. Uh, Jeremiah was a prophet, uh, and part of his job was to help people see beyond just the mess that they found themselves in to get a, a more clear uh, picture of the landscape of life. He was, t- he was tasked to call people to return 
to God, to return to following Him, to worshiping Him, to obeying Him, rather than just kind of going along with their lives, allowing themselves to just kind of follow whatever uh, the culture uh, is doing, just kind of going with the flow. And like you'll find in other uh, Old Testament prophets, you'll find words that are both encouraging as well as challenging, right? If you read through some of the, pro- the prophets, you see words that are encouraging them, but they're also very, very challenging. There's, a, there's this invitation, and there's also this warning uh, for people to return to God. Every time, every time there's a change in the seasons, we experience a need to change some of the patterns that have become f- uh, familiar to us. When we're in the midst of winter, for example, how many of you remember winter? Yeah, okay. When we're in the midst of winter, we, there are certain things that we do just because that's the season that we're in, right? We wear, we wear heavier clothing, right? We wear gloves and we wear hats. Um, we tend to spend less time outside, all right? And when we do, a lot of times we, we, we're shoveling, right? We're doing some shoveling maybe. Um, we might approach travel a little differently, a little more cautious on the roads. You have all kinds of school delays, all this kind of stuff going on. We, in, the, in the winter, we have to heat our homes, and so there's, there's different expenses that go along with all of that. And then winter also tends to affect just our mood in general, right? How many people were miserable at some point this winter? Okay, yeah, see? We all were, right? Remember, we were all there together, okay? Yeah, it, it affects us. And then when winter shifts into spring, although this year felt like we went winter, summer, spring, and now we're going to go back into summer. But when winter shifts into spring and then spring into summer, there's a whole bunch of things that change just because of the new season that we're in, right? Our, 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 we, we tend to be a little less miserable, right? We tend to be a little bit less miserable. Um, our, our clothing, the things that we wear, changes a little bit. Um, our heating bills drop in time for our air conditioning bills to go up. Uh, we tend to spend more time outdoors. Uh, maybe instead of uh, shoveling, we end up doing gardening, right? We use, we use those types of tools instead. Maybe we, uh, we, we use the hose to wash the car or to run in the sprinkler in the summer, whereas we would, most of us probably don't do that in the winter. And so in our part of the, in our part of the, the world where we actually experience four distinct seasons, each seasonal transition gives us the opportunity to step back and decide, okay, hey, what needs to change? As we get into this new season, there's this new thing coming up. What is it that needs to to change it. Whether we realize it or not, a lot of that we just do naturally. We don't even think about it. But it, it, we stand at this crossroads and have to make intentional decisions about how we're going to do things differently in this new season that's upon us. Uh, one, one analogy that I think relates well to this idea that we need to stand is this idea of stepping onto the balcony. Right? Stepping onto the balcony. Most of our lives, as this analogy works, most of our lives are done down on the stage where we're kind of in the midst, we're one of the actors in this drama, where, where life is just playing out in front of us, and we're a part of it, and we interact with people, and we play a part in this drama. That's where life happens. It's, it's, it's just a, a place that we are. We have to be active there. But we also need to intentionally take time to step back, to go up onto the balcony, and to look down at what's happening in our lives and get this big picture. It gives us a chance when we step up on the balcony, it gives us a chance to notice uh, all that's happening and evaluate things from a little bit of a different perspective or a little bit of a, of a bigger perspective. And so the point of that is not just, uh, the point of stepping onto the balcony is not just uh, that we uh, just insert then all of our ideas and thoughts and try to control everything and get everybody to do what we want and, and all those kind of things, but it's that we as followers of Jesus, when we step back, when we, when we step back onto that balcony, that we would allow Jesus to speak to us about what it is that we're seeing. So when we step back onto the balcony and we look at what's happening, 
we say, Jesus, what do you want to say to me about this? What do you want to say to me about what's going on here? What do you want me to say about that thing that's happening in my life or this thing that's going on uh, with me? We allow him to point some things out. We allow him to show us, help us notice some things we hadn't noticed. We allow him to, to reshape our values and our priorities so that when we re-enter and we go back down from the balcony and re-enter life, we have a little bit of a different perspective. We make some adjustments and some tweaks and that kind of thing. So when we take time to stand, to get on the balcony, one of the things that happens is we start to notice maybe some patterns or some habits in our lives that we do without even thinking. Like we just do with, without even thinking. We just, there are things that we just tend to do, right? We, just, we all have those tendencies, and they don't necessarily have to be bad things in and of themselves. They're just things that we do without thinking. Uh, and they can be big things or little things. Uh, they can be huge, huge uh, decisions and activities or just little odds and ends things. One of the things recently when I was kind of uh, stepping back from the balcony a little bit and looking down at my own life, there's a couple of things that I... Uh, realized I just tend to do these things. I don't know, see if, see if any, you can relate to any of these things. When I wake up in the morning, the very first thing I do, check my phone. That's the very first thing I do, is, uh, is I check my phone. When I get a hankering for something, I eat whatever that thing is, typically. Um, I notice that, for me, TV is sort of a default. When I get to the point when I just, I don't, it just, boom, it goes on. That's something I notice. Uh, when I get in the car, the radio goes on right away. I don't even think about it. It just kind of tends to, it just tends to be something that I do. When I drive in my car, I need to get where I'm going as quickly as possible. Wherever that is, I have to be there, get there the quickest, most efficient way as possible, and everybody else is just kind of in my way. So those are, those are a couple things that, you, that I noticed that I just tend to do. And then as I start to notice those things then I, then, and I start to ask God to say some things to me about those, I start to realize, oh, well, maybe he wants me to tweet. Why do I do that? <laughs> Why is that something that I do? And, and, and he begins to say, hey, maybe, maybe you're a little too anxious about this type of thing. Or maybe instead of uh, watching uh, too much television or whatever, maybe that's the time where you could spend some time in this other way, or in, 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 in reading this, or in, in talking this, or in playing with your kids here, that kind of thing. And so there are lots of these uh, just different examples of things that happen when you step back onto the balcony and you, and you look over, uh, over things. And so our invitation to stand is about becoming intentional, to climb up on the balcony. It's about pausing, stepping back, and getting our, our head and shoulders above the cultural flow of the things that we just tend to do Maybe just because everybody around us tends to do those things too, and so we just kind of do them as well. But it's stepping above those and say, Jesus, what do you want to say to me about that? What do you want to say to me about this? Is that something that I should keep doing? Is that something you're, you might be asking me to adjust or change? Standing makes space for us to ask those types of questions and to invite God to start to speak into that process and discover what some of those changes are that he might want to make or some new patterns that he might want to have you uh, develop. And so the incredibly practical question that we're asking about today is, will you stand? Will you, not literally right now, you can stay seated, but will you stand? Will you be someone who in the crossroads moment of this new season that's in front of us, of this thing that's, that's summer that's, that's right ahead of us, are you someone who will step back and start to consciously ask God, what do you want to say to me about this? 
which direction do you want me to go with this? Whose direction are you going to follow? In what direction do you want me to go, Jesus? If we don't make intentional, conscious decisions about that, then our way of life simply becomes like going with the flow. right? Just going with the flow, and then summer ends, and we're like, oh, I'm more exhausted than when it started, right? because we never took the time to be intentional about that. So we can create Sabbath space by standing, by getting our head and shoulders above the crowd, or by getting up to the balcony. The second thing there in your outline is that you can create Sabbath space when you, number two, look and ask. When you look and ask. So once we step back, once we stand and step back onto the, from the cultural current, decide uh, to be intentional. The second invitation then is to look and to ask. And it's here that we take some time to be intentional and ask the question that says it there in your outline, God, what simple combination of rhythms will help me rest in you this summer? So looking forward to this, this upcoming uh, season, God, what simple rhythms, combination of rhythms, will help me rest in you? What patterns would be good for me to include this season? And one of the ways that the early Christians figured out to do this is they did something called the rule of life. How many of you are familiar with a rule of life? You've heard of this concept before. Seriously? Six of you? Or is there, okay, I, I was just curious. Okay, there was just a few of you. So the, a rule of life is, is this idea of it gives, it gives you some tracks to run on. When you think about, hey, God, what do you want from me? A rule of life is just gives you some categories, some things to look at to say, hey, here's some, here's some patterns that I could start to um, think about in, in following Jesus and in, in obeying what God's calling me to do. There's a pastor in New York City, uh, names, his name's Pete Scazzaro, and he wrote this book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, that if you've been... Uh, at daybreak for an extended period of time, it's something we talk a lot about. We have a class that focuses on it. We talk about it uh, some in our, in, our, in our journey class, which is our membership class. Uh, but he does this great job about teaching this. And what we're going to do is we're going to watch a part of his teaching together uh, this morning. And this video that we're going to watch, is it, it's part of a larger course. And so there are bits and pieces of it where he's referring to other like small group activities or, or that kind of thing, which you can ignore, kind of ignore those parts. But most of this is just a really helpful intro to this idea of, of creating uh, a rule of life. He does a really good job of coaching us on how to do that. And so what I want to invite you to do is in, your, in point two of your outline, you have this uh, thing that says some potential elements to consider. And then there's uh, a dozen things listed there. Those are the things that he's going to talk about briefly in this, in, in this video. So you can kind of follow along with him. Take notes if you want on, on some of the things that he said. And then after the video... Uh, we're going to actually take some time today to begin to create or develop our own rule of life. So we're actually going to, you're going to have time this morning to actually write down some of these things to try to step back onto the balcony a little bit and to think through some of the things that God might want to do, have you do this uh, in this upcoming season. So let's watch this video together. Congratulations. We are in session eight of the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course. Go the next step to develop a rule of life. We've sought to help you begin a new phase of your spiritual journey. We've looked at the problem of emotionally unhealthy spirituality, knowing yourself that you may know God, going back to go forward, journeying through the wall, enlarging your soul through grief and loss, discovering the rhythms of the daily office and Sabbath, growing into an emotionally mature adult. 
This final session is intended to bring all the previous ones together. One of the main reasons people turn away from Christianity is because of the many so-called rules that exist. Many of these rules, they lead to constraint, a, a legalism. A, it squeezes joy right out of us. So associating Christian faith with rules really seems counterproductive. But there is a spiritual formation practice called a, a rule of life within Christian faith that is not meant to constrain us. It actually is meant and created to liberate us. It's a, a way of living. It's a rule that has the purpose of infusing joy into us rather than sucking it out of us. I'm referring to it's called a rule of life. So our focus in this session is that you will take a small step to develop a personal rule of life to center your life and anchor yourself in the love of God. When most people reflect on their relationship with God, what we see is a compartmentalization. That is, we separate our spiritual life from other parts of our life. It's in components, home, work, recreation, God. But, but before God, his intention is that every aspect of our lives is equally sacred. So what we're missing is an intentional plan to live this out. The background of this session is a recognition that powerful external forces exist in the culture to cut us off from this abiding relationship with Jesus, from this communion, from this remaining with him. Behind these distractions and seductions that pull you and me away from Christ, there are, the Bible says, demonic evil powers. And our challenge is to resist them and resist the beast of the culture, and, and it's going to require a radical solution. Simply committing to make a few small changes or try harder, it's not going to be enough. At the same time, we've got our own fallen flesh and nature that naturally resists God's will. Because our tendency is to do our own will, not God's, or try to twist his arm so he would do our will. For this reason, this final session is to introduce you to this ancient buried treasure out of church history called the rule of life. And a rule of life finds its roots in the men and women who withdrew from society as hermits in the deserts to Egypt and Syria during the 3rd to 4th to 5th centuries. And they did it to seek God after the emperor had made Christianity legal in the Roman Empire. They wanted to free themselves from the worldliness that they found both inside and outside the church. They wanted to truly find God and thus be able to bring the living God both to the world and to the church. And they eventually formed communities and they organized their daily life around an agreed-upon plan consisting of work and prayer and study of scripture. And they knew that if they were going to grow and mature spiritually, they needed one another, but they also needed a thoughtful, conscious, purposeful plan. They call this plan a rule of life. And again, please don't be intimidated by the word rule. The word actually comes from an ancient Greek word for trellis. Uh, and a trellis is a tool that enables a grapevine to get off the ground and grow upward becoming fruitful and productive. Grapes on the ground don't produce, you know, rich fruit. So in the same way, a rule of life is a trellis, a structure that helps us abide in Christ and become more fruitful spiritually. It's been said that a rule of life is an exterior framework for an interior journey. It's a kind of scaffolding that to, to use to build a spiritual structure of our lives with God. It's an intentional conscious plan to keep God at the center of everything we do. It includes our unique combination of spiritual practices that provide structure and direction for us to, again, to, to intentionally pay attention to God in everything we do. And the goal is to be with him and to love him. The early church in Acts 2, as you'll see in your Bible study in this session, they gathered around, really in a sense, a rule of life with particular practices that enable them to prefer the love of Jesus above all else. It says they did prayer, teaching, fellowship, and the breaking of bread. Each local church has a trellis or a rule of life. 
And God's raised up various local churches in different cities and communities. And we finally commit to one that has a structure or a trellis or a rule that we believe is going to help us grow upward and deeper in Jesus. This may include midweek services, small groups, worship, preaching, different ministries, particular emphases. On a personal level, however, few people have a conscious plan for developing their spiritual lives. Most Christians are not intentional, but rather function like cars on autopilot. We have an unconscious way that we develop spiritually. This may include reading the Bible for a few minutes in the morning, or attending church, or going to small group every other week, or giving a certain amount of money, or praying at dinner. And then we come to church and we interact with whatever is handed to us spiritually. But for the most part, most believers are passive and not intentional. And the invitation of this session is to intentionally take one step to develop your own personal framework or rule of life. The key word here is intentionality. It requires intentionality to anchor us in the hurricane pace and the beast life of the 21st century world. Swimming against such a strong current without an anchor like a rule of life is is almost impossible. Eventually, we find ourselves unfocused, distracted, and adrift spiritually. But intentionally thinking through my own personal rule of life has been life-changing for me. Uh, Each year, I take a period of time to think through my my rule. This has served me to to enable me to maintain rhythms and balance for my entire life. In, In other words, before I make a commitment, I recognize I've got Sabbath, rest, and delight in my life, and I'm cultivating my walk with Christ, I'm much more aware of my limits. So before I add a work project like, you know, writing a book or, or you know, filming a DVD series like this, I'm looking at the implications on how this is going to affect the rest of my life with God, with myself, with Jerry, with our girls. And this ancient spiritual discipline has helped me uh, do my work and put it work in its proper place and enabled me to slow down. You'll have time to do an exercise in this session and to reflect around the story of getting lost and possibly dying in a blizzard. You'll be asked about the nature of your blizzard at this time and what wonderful things in your life might be getting lost or obscured because you can't see clearly where you're going. You're so lost in in, in the blizzard itself. And you will want to get a sense, not simply in this session, but really for your whole life, what are the external, kind of external or internal things that send you into a blizzard that you can't see straight? Why? So you can have an intentional and conscious life, a crafted, a a way of living that's about receiving the love of God and giving it out to the world. So to get started in beginning to craft our own rule of life, it's important we see the big picture. So the following is a suggested list of 12 elements to consider as you begin to develop your own personal one. The challenge before you is for you to pick one or two and to grow in that. So let me just briefly take you through each one, one by one. The first is scripture. You may want to begin praying the Psalms or reading the Bible through in a year or begin meditating on on certain texts each day. The second is silence and solitude. You may want to grow in in taking two to three minutes a day to be in stillness before the Lord or take a three-hour retreat once a month or once a quarter. The third is the daily office or prayer. You may want to begin a second midday prayer time between 11 and 2 each day or maybe before you go to bed over the next few months. The fourth is study. You may want to take a course uh, at your church or a nearby Bible school or, or commit yourself to read a Christian book every couple of months. The fifth is Sabbath. You may want to begin setting apart a 24-hour period to Sabbath to the Lord. Y- you may make this your year project. Or maybe you'll start with a half a day and then begin building up. The sixth is simplicity. Maybe you want to remove distractions by downsizing your commitments or by giving a percentage of your income away 
uh, maybe moving to at some point to even a greater percentage of your income. The seventh is play and recreation. This may include finding activities that breathe life into you. Some of you may take up a hobby like hiking or painting or art or, or music. The eighth is service and mission. It may be time for you to step out and begin using your time or your talents to serve other people. Ninthly, care for the physical body. This could be getting you know, eight hours sleep or, or exercising or, or shifting your diet. The tenth is emotional health. You, you may want to join a small group that deals with issues around mature relationships or find a mentor or, or learn some emotionally healthy skills. You may want to even find a counselor you know, for a season. The eleventh is your family. Uh, this area concerns yourself with growing in your marriage, your parents. Maybe you want to work on your relationships with the opposite sex or, or do some work with your parents and your family of origin, reconciling some relationships. Twelfth is community or companions for the journey. You may want to find a spiritual director, director or an accountability group or, again, a mentor or a small group. Uh, again, some of you may want to add to this list some new elements like hospitality or, or you may want to delete certain elements. The, church, the choice is yours. Developing an intentional rule of life, it just takes trial and error and time. You will need to learn a great deal about yourself. For example, what kinds of spiritual practices or activities bring you closer to God? Which drive you away from him? How can you discern the right combination for your particular life? You may also want to learn about each of these 12 areas I just listed. My personal rule of life is a constantly changing document. It's, it's a live work in progress, always. But we've applied this concept of a rule of life, uh, not just personally, but also to our church as a whole. So, for example, part of our membership course at New Life Fellowship Church is people craft a personal rule of life. It's part of coming in because we want people to take responsibility for their own spiritual lives and not live off the spiritual lives of other people. And people have found that a tremendous help. And the same thing with our staff team uh, at New Life. Everyone develops a personal rule of life and updates it every year and, and what shifts they need to make around their own rhythms and balance to keep Christ at the center of their lives, to stay anchored and balanced in him. But again, on a personal level, give yourself lots of time for the slow development of what works best for you. As you examine your life, you may notice many areas that need work. The best approach is to start with only one or two elements for the first few months. Then after you experience some success with those, you will want to add another building block to your rule. Or you may want to stay with the same element to work on over a long period of time and go deeper with that. Be willing to make mistakes, try again, learn new things. Enjoy it. And be careful to avoid any traces of legalism. You want to, you'll want to avoid and be careful that this treasure of a spiritual discipline doesn't become a have to. or, or uh, You want it to be a want to out of love for Christ. If it feels like a heavy yoke for you or anyone else in your group, throw it off. Jesus' yoke is easy, and it's light. His yoke and call to us fits our uniqueness perfectly. My prayer for you now is that in this final session, along with the entire EHS course, it will have served as a beginning for you of a great journey with Christ, a new journey with Christ through a door that will bring you such joy and delight that it can't help but spill over to those around you. So remember, as Benedict wrote 1,500 years ago, your way of acting should be different from the world's way. The love of Christ must come before all else. Keep that before you, and you won't stray too far off. All right, so what I want to invite you to do is to uh, flip over on the back of your outline. Uh, there's actually uh, a sheet there, a, a diagram with four different quadrants on it. And... 
The goal of this, we're going to give you about five minutes or so to start to work on this, is to begin to reflect on your summer. Uh, and he was talking about it a little bit big, bigger picture. I want to try to focus us a little, little more towards just these next, next few months and to start to begin to form your rule of life using some of the categories that he, that he mentioned, some of those, different, those 12 different areas. Maybe there's something, as, as he was going down through that, you, even, you knew right away, like, yeah, that's something, that, that, an area that I, that I could uh, use to hear from him on, that kind of thing. And so uh, I want to encourage you to do that over these next, next few minutes. A couple things of advice, he mentioned some of these things. Don't try to um, include every single one of those categories. Don't try to feel pressure to fill up every single one of these spots. Um, don't, uh, don't try to finish all of it right now. Like This is sort of just a, a launching point, a, a, time, a time to start working on it so that maybe build a little bit of momentum. Maybe later today or maybe sometime later this week you'll want to work on it a little bit more. Uh, one of the things to do is to be both challenging and realistic Right when you're doing this. Be, be challenging and realistic. Uh, think less like, man, it'd really be nice if I could do this. Um, and think of it more of like, okay, this is something I'm going to commit to. This is something that, that I want to start uh, to do. Uh, just a couple of examples uh, for me. Uh, one of the things that I had, uh, and, and these are broken down, these four quadrants. Uh, there's like a daily, a weekly, a monthly, and then when you're on vacation. So we tried to split them up by the different time periods that might uh, work over the summer. And so there may be some things you want to do once a month, some things you feel like this is something I want to do every day. Uh, that kind of thing. Uh, one of the things I put down uh, is that every day I want to read some of the red letters from Scripture. So I want to read some of the words of Christ. Some Bibles, they're red letters. Um, and so that's one thing I want to do every day. I said that every uh, week I want to go on a date with one of my kids. So every week with one of them, I want to take them out to a park or go out for pizza or something like that once a week. That w- that's part of what my, my rule is. And then I also put that I want to... Um, Every week I want to exercise at least three different times during, during the course of the week. So there, in that, there was family was in that. Uh, there was uh, scripture was in that. Uh, exercise, physical stuff was in that. And so those are a couple of the, one, the types of things. So you can, be really, you can be really practical sometimes or specific. Sometimes that really helps as you think about forming that. So let's take about five minutes right now. Jeff's going to play the guitar so we don't have to sit in silence. But let's take about five minutes and, and think step back a little bit onto the balcony and see what God might want to, to start to form in us through, the, through this exercise.
uh, stop there for now. Thank you. Um, some of you that may have been like refreshing and exciting and enjoyable, and you love this kind of thing. And, and uh, if you're in that boat, then uh, you may be the type of person that uh, has to like pull back a little bit on all the expectations that you have and all these ideas that you came up with. You might be a bit of an overachiever or whatever. For some of you, this last five minutes might have been agonizing and painful and difficult and, uh, to gather your thoughts or even think about trying this. And so I want to encourage you, uh, if that's where you are, then maybe this week part of your, your goal is to just say, all right, I want to take a few minutes. I want to set aside. I want to be intentional uh, about setting aside a 30-minute block of time where nobody's around me. <laughs> I have some time to myself, and I sit down and I start to ask God, God, what's one or two things you want to to do differently in me this summer? What one or two things that you want to be on my my rule of life? So maybe that's where you are, and and that would be a great step for you to take at some point this week. So let's uh, uh, move on to the third point there in your outline, uh, which is uh, you can create Sabbath space this summer when you walk, when you walk. So it's great to stand, right? It's important to stand, to step back, to look at the uh, things from the balcony. Uh, it's great to look and to ask. But walking is what brings the growth that we want on the trellis that he talked about. Walking is what allows us to experience the fruit that comes from our, our being intentional. And uh, right, right there in your, uh, in your outline next to that point, there's three pieces of advice as you start to walk. Uh, one of the things is to keep things simple, right? As you work on this rule of life, as you develop it, uh, don't try to do everything. Don't uh, try to make this some big, uh, huge self-improvement project where you're going to fix everything that's wrong with you or something like that, uh, just make a couple of simple choices and begin to, to put them into practice. If you get started and you feel like things you've made things a little bit too complicated, uh, what you may even want to do, I, I, I tend to be somebody that I just fill the whole page. Well, that's not really that helpful. Um, and so one of the things that you might want to do if that's where you are is to, is to kind of circle back to it and actually highlight like two or three of the things in each of those quadrants that you want to put your focus on. So keep it simple. Another thing is to stick with it. Uh, if you're going to be, if you're going to give it a shot, be prepared uh, to stick with it. Uh, one of the things my son uh, Jacoby loves to do uh, right now is play baseball. Like he just loves it, and he loves. Uh, he, he, I got him a tee. He sits the wiffle ball on the tee, and he actually hits it, hits it pretty well. But sometimes he takes a couple of swings, and after he really, he's really focused. He's really intentional. He wants to hit this ball, but after if if he swings like two, maybe three times and misses, he like. Oh, throws the bat up in the air and throws himself on the floor. I can't do it. I can't. And then he just kind of lays there for a little while, right? And so that's what this can feel like sometimes. When we try to do some of these things, we can start to get that, that, that feeling of like, oh, I just, I can't do this. I try to do this, and I just can't pull it off. And so we start to give up too quickly. Or, but, but I want to encourage you to stick with it. Don't, don't give up just because you're not good at it or just because you, you, you feel like, oh, I swung a couple times and missed with it. Just, just get up, try it again, stick with it. Uh, and when necessary, that, that's the third uh, piece of advice there, is to make adjustments instead of excuses. Make adjustments. As you put the rule into practice, maybe once a month you want to reevaluate it. Say, okay, I tried that. This didn't work at all. <laughs> right? This part didn't work at all. Or as I stepped back from the balcony, I saw, hey, what about this area? Maybe there's a new way, that, that something that could be added or changed as you continue. And like he said on the video, don't, uh, be, allow yourself to become legalistic in this becoming some weighty checklist of things you have to follow. You're not going to win brownie points with God 
All right? You're not going to win brownie points with God if you perfectly follow the rule, and he's not going to reject you if you swing and miss and you struggle to follow it. Uh, it reminds me of the analogy that Pastor Sean uh, used recently, maybe last week. I can't really remember. But he used this analogy that our spiritual growth is a lot more like gardening and farming than it is uh, like a factory, right? And so the same thing is true with this rule of life. If you look at it as a factory where you get these pieces together and finally if you're able to put all these pieces together in the right combination, ta-da, you're going to get this end product that you can be proud of. But it's much more like farming and gardening. And You do a little bit of this here, a little bit of that here. You step back, you hear God's voice, you allow him to speak to you to start to grow some fruit in some of these different areas. You try some things, you try some other things, you get rid of some things, you add some new things. And so it's about tilling the soil, pulling a few weeds out here and there. It's much more like farming than it is like a factory. And so I want to encourage you to allow this rule as you take, take the opportunity this summer to say, okay, what's this season going to look like? To be intentional about it and then to start to put this uh, into practice. And when we started off this morning, we talked about the, the season that's before, of us, before us and this desire to find some level of, of rest or rejuvenation or, or Sabbath space uh, for our souls. As God said through Jeremiah, he said, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. And it's something that Jesus talked about as well in Matthew chapter 11, which is right there in your outline, verses 29 and 30. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will what? Find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says, I want you to walk with me. I want you to, to learn with me, to do life with me. As, as you step back on the, the balcony, as you, look, as you look out and you start to live out this rule of life, I want you to do it with me. Let me speak to you. And my prayer is that for all of us is that we'll taste a little bit of the Sabbath space or we'll taste a little bit of this rest for our souls that he desires for us this summer. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you uh, are with us, that you walk with us, and that you invite us uh, to listen to you. Thank you for uh, an opportunity to uh, move into a, a different season of the year uh, and all of the challenges and excitements that uh, come along with that. And I pray that uh, as we think about uh, following you and what it means in this in this new season. Uh, I pray that we would stay connected to you, that as we uh, put together this, this rule of life or, or the things that you're calling us to, that it would be something that brings us uh, joy, where, where we see you start to develop new things in us, that we see fruit uh, in places that we haven't for a long time or uh, in places that we never even knew existed. And so, God, we ask you uh, to walk with us we thank you that you promised to do that. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you, uh, obviously the, the biggest response today is by filling out a rule of life, uh, but I also want to uh, ask you to pull out your response card. Uh, these guys are going to lead us in a song, a couple songs here, and I want to invite you to, on the back, uh, just to write down maybe a way that you were challenged today, maybe a prayer request that you have, or maybe you just want to write out a prayer to God about something related to this rule of life. God, I pray that you would uh, walk with me in this. Or God, I pray that you would help me to, to stand, to step back and, and take the time to do that. Or God, I pray that you would help me to walk, to put this into practice uh, in, my, in my daily life over these next few months. 
So as these guys lead us in this song, take some time uh, to respond to that.